Hello, it's the Hi. new year, 2024. 20, 20-something. 20 it's 20-something and it's frame rate, the show where we rate frames that have been ordered in quick succession for your viewing pleasure. I'm Abe. I'm Mike. We're regular-sized monsters. <laughs> and to add to the regular-sized monster series, what's the other line? You want a taste of my sewage pipe? Here he is, Tom Ryan. <laughs> hey! That's the best intro I've ever gotten. Wow. I think that is. Yeah, wow. yeah if I found it in my notes. You want a taste of my sewage pipe. I like to think oh, of myself boy. as a I like to think of myself as an average size monster. Yeah. With an average size, size sewage pipe. Um yeah. <laughs> the film we are covering today, the opening text is regular size monster series. And series made me wonder, and I didn't look into it. Are there a bunch of these? Is there nope. like no, there's not two Tsuo, There's a short the second man. No, 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 no. It was just, uh, I think it's a translation deal. You know, sure. I, he could have been trying to create a, you know, cinematic universe. I don't know. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but it doesn't have multiple uh, iterations of this story. Not even from other, like I sort of got the impression that this was maybe like this filmmaker's contribution to like a project by a collective. So like no other filmmakers did any. It kind of does feel like that. It's like a Dogma 95 film or something well, it like that. Like, it felt like a prompt a little bit. Yeah, like a little create bit. A, it's create a, a short horror film about mm -hmm. a small monster. Right, largely considered to be the beginning of Japanese cyberpunk. Uh, that's what that's what the, the wikis say. Okay. Uh, we 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 haven't said it yet. We are covering Tetsuyo, the Iron Man from 1989, a very cult film, I'd say, experimental yeah. film. And we have I try to, to say it. I try to say it in a way where the person has no idea what they're in for. Hey, you should check out Tetsuo, the Iron Man. The Iron Man. The yeah, just Iron totally Man. misrepresent. For a fun Ugh. romp through the mm -hmm. city. Robert and Downey Jr. as an Iron Man. <laughs> I, uh, before we continue, I want to give a shout out to the Theo. Three times a charm, Theo. Wow. Uh, Pick three he, flicks. What a hero. Yeah. Pick the flick tier. You can go to patreon.com slash small beans. If it is open, it is a highly sought after tier, but sometimes it opens up when someone hasn't grabbed it. And for some 150 smackaroos, you choose the movie we we, we talk about. The and, frames uh, you know, we rate. The mm. frames we rate. And y y you know, we're not gonna watch your porn that you made. Um, no, but we're watching Tetsuo the Iron Man, so we'll go pretty far. We, uh, we're, we watching a, we're watching a porn far. that this guy made. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> Theo clearly, I understand Theo now. Theo wants us all to go insane. He's trying yes. to drive this thing off the rails because he gave he's, us Wake and Fright, too. Yeah, he's oh, I've not. I've not seen that. And I, I don't actually think this is pornography. I was being humorous. Yes, yeah. it's it's definitely a touchy subject. And uh, penetrative. It is penetrative. penetrative. It yeah. is. Yeah. It's a non-conventional narrative. Uh, it's fa mostly flashbacks and dreams. So if that's not your thing. Um, you know, you can skip it, I guess, but it's like supposed to depict a deterioration of these people's minds and that gives it an experimental quality, I would say. Um, yeah. so we usually open frame rate up by asking our guest who we chose Tom Ryman this time because we were like, let's show this fucker this movie and see what <laughs> he does with that business. What'd you think of it, man? Yeah, this movie, um... Uh, I don't want to. I already hmm. love the tone of your voice already. <laughs> I don't want to. Hmm, I don't want to say I, I liked this movie, but um, 
I don't love this genre of uh, J horror, uh, the extreme yeah. body horror J horror J horror genre, like um, Tokyo Gore Police and things like that. Uh, Ichi the Killer. Although I wouldn't actually, I wouldn't put Ichi the Killer in this category. So forget I said that. Um, this is more extreme, like Tokyo Gore Police or like The Giver. Um, <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm not really into this genre of body horror, uh, this extreme body horror, but I did really like um, how experimental the film is and how surreal it is, but still like how even amidst all of that, it still managed to, it's a very simple narrative, but it still managed to tell a pretty clear, a surprisingly clear narrative. Um, really? about, okay, great. Maybe about, Tom can explain it to me then. Oh sure, uh, about this dude I feel like that I gets got in, it, infected but I feel like... with a cyborg blood. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like I, I have the same opinion as Tom a little bit. Uh, if he, if he's getting what I think he's getting at, which is, I got it all, but like it did suffer with clarity throughout. Like I was, uh, I was kind of unsure. Like who that? Where they? You know, like that was a lot of my questions in my brain. Um, but then it usually got resolved. Um, yeah, usually like, there's some stuff I'm unclear on, like <clears throat> whether the, the the guy they hit with their car is like inside his body, like the main character's body, or if he's inside his own body. It seems like he can see what the main character is seeing. I think it's both because like mm-hmm. he's infected with that guy's blood, right? So that's what's turning him into a cyborg. So like that mm-hmm. that guy is able to see what our main character is seeing and experiencing. So they will cut to throughout, we'll cut to the shot of, of this weirdo um, who's sitting in like this pool of like offal surrounded by wires. Yeah. Yes. A metal womb. That's a great way to describe it because it's exactly what it is. Um, Yeah. Just clearly inside of a body and like reacting to the horrible things that our protagonist is being forced to do by his new metal body. Um, so I think part of it is like the guys, the evil guy's consciousness living in like the mutated blood inside this dude. And then also I, they, they, I know what you did last summer to him. So he's laying out in a field somewhere still alive and he eventually comes to and his consciousness at least gravitates back to the guy's apartment. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's like a salary man and his girlfriend that hit our metal obsessed maniac yeah and one of my favorite details about the movie is for no reason uh they're both really down to fuck uh because they're maniacs too it was the collision it was the collision of three maniacs so (laughs) they hit him throw him into the forest and then they like oh let's fuck at him yeah they they have sex (laughs) and in front of the guy that they hit and run so I thought that the hit and run made car parts embed themselves in his body because then they have the doctor saying he has metal in his head and he doesn't understand how he's still alive. Can you explain in a nutshell? I'm sorry, I'm making you kind of repeat yourself. Is the womb guy inside Tetsuo? I think he's both. Like, I think because he exists in the world as well. He does because we see him at first putting a rod into his leg because he's ex- obsessed with Olympic sprinters. We see like a, it begins with a montage of all these wires and all these cutouts of Olympic sprinters. And in the end of the movie, he's dressed like an Olympic sprinter. The first thing we yeah. see him do is cut open his own leg and shove rebar in there, presumably to make himself stronger legs. And they also gets like jet and engine ankles. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he flies all boots. around town with little rocket feet. <laughs> little rocket feet. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I, one of my favorite details about the Olympic runners is that uh, as soon as he injects that, like 
that pipe into his femur or whatever is mm-hmm. going on over there. Uh, they all explode as if to yeah, say, oh, out. fuck, we're dead. We're, yeah, he's we're, made we're us relevant. obsolete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he sees uh, that the wound is infected with maggots and he screams like a baby and runs down the street sobbing. So I guess he wasn't that strong after all. Yeah, and I think to kind of more to the point of your question is like, so he's a metal obsessed man, and then he gets hit by a car, gets which gives him car. more metal. Yes, yeah. and so there's some kind of telepathic connection between him and the girlfriend and the the guy, the salary man. Yeah. Um. So he is because he later kind of goes on to say like, I've been haunting you basically. Yeah, um, I think they got some of their some of his DNA on him when he put him in the car because yeah. we we see from. Metal Maniac's point of view that they're loading his body into the back of their car and it's it's Tetsuo the salary man who's doing it so he's the one that actually touched his body um, and, they and then did the hit and run okay yeah understood. and they did the hit and run so then when we see him later and he's and he's shaving and he has a little piece of metal growing out of his face and he touches it and it pops like a zit that's like when it begins that was kind of cool yeah it was pretty cool and the rest of the day he just sort of gradually gets taken over more and more by like this cybernetic infection and then later on in the movie when Metal Maniac births himself out of dead girlfriend's body he says something to the effect of um yeah i bet you're wondering why all my metal is rusty well (laughs) it's because like the the metal that i implanted in myself was already rusting and then that that metal fused with my genetics so now like this this rusted metal is just part of my genetics yeah i'm a rust bucket want to know how i got these scars (laughs) exactly (laughs) but it really is striking and dreamlike and very much almost no audible description of it will so if you're just looking for pure texture and something that you ain't seen that every day. I do think it's a good one of those. It reminded me of Eraserhead. It reminded me of Pie, uh, Man Bites Dog. Just things where it's so raw and so weird that you're almost surprised at the credits at the end because you realize how many professional people worked on this to put it together. And you're like, they all embrace this vision. And it's a pretty crazy vision. So good on them, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does more a good, on that later. It does a good job. The rapid fire imagery and how quickly it changes, and that it's it's experimental to the point of it's almost yeah. mixed media. Yeah, because it will. Well, cut there's to a lot like, of stop motion. Yeah, stop motion. It'll cut to footage of watching a TV screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it does a lot of weird things and and breaks its format all of the time. So it all adds up into this surreal mess but it does a good job of and i think i've not seen man bites dog actually but i've seen pie it's been a while oh, you should but yeah, um the, th- the thing that both pie and this movie have in common is it's both uh, an impressionistic representation of what it is to lose your mind yeah and intensely um, intimate like you're yes. just you are that guy a personal psychosis yeah you, yeah you are experiencing what it's like to not know if you are in a delusion or not. <laughs> you're a metal man. If you're a fucking it's also metal mostly, man. <laughs> and guess what? It involves dancing and jerking around with squishy sounds. And fucking sick industrial techno, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. I that was, techno I was, theme? Mm. I was searching mm, so for this good. on YouTube to see if I could watch it free on YouTube. You can't. But there are so many playlists of the soundtrack. People really the dig this soundtrack. It's, uh, it's almost yeah. craft work. Like, it's... I mean, it's metal. It's what everything the, in the movie is, you know, geared toward. It's like metal clangs and really draggy synth. It's good. It's all in service of, uh, and I don't know if you guys maybe landed on this, but it feels like a very, I don't want to say rote idea, but like 
the idea of technology taking over our lives and taking away our humanity, right? Um, ah, it's like an exploration of that theme, we, which I is think like we've a, gotten to the moment because I want to talk about this oh, sorry. a lot. No, no, I think it's a very. Uh, but I f- yep, it's an alley oop going on. When I watch yes. a movie, when I watch a movie like this, when it's when it's so experimental and it's very surreal, like I pay even more attention to like okay, like like it's something you always say, Abe, where you talk about like okay, what's the first shot of the movie because that means something. This is the first yeah. thing they the they all decided that you were going to see this image first, so it has to mean something. So like throughout this movie, I'm like, okay, it's it's very surreal. So these images, what do, what do these images mean? And it's like it's all in service of uh, the best best as my dumb brain can figure. It's all in service of that pretty basic idea that's been around in fiction for a while, but it does it in such a fucking crazy gnarly way. <laughs> That I mean, it's, it's like thoroughly really punk rock, right? Very like that's kind of, yeah. I think it, that's what punk is in film, is that it's it can be a lot of things, but I think one of the grand uniters is that that posit you kind of just made about like the the sanctity of the thing I, I say all the time about first images, like that's your thematic resonance. That's what you're telling the audience. Hey, listen and focus on that kind of postcard because that's what the rest of the movie is about. It's like a fuck you to that. It's like, don't give me standards, which is very punk rock. I thought it was intentionally beyond like parsing in that way. But it's funny because as it's even if you try to be surreal and experimental and dreamlike, things mean things. So it's so easy to put Hmm. like Tom said that. And I went, oh, of course, it could easily be read that way, even though. I don't think it's supposed to be read as anything. I think it's an experiment in a man turning into metal. I don't know if there was an intentionality further than that because no. that because it, it really is just a show. Um, can, I, can I tell you the reason why I think that? Sure. Yeah, please. It's because it's 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 a combination of that with the the first image thing that Abe was talking about. It's it's the the first sequence we see is crazy metal maniac hunched over sweating desperate like everyone's you, so sweaty in this you movie. can the you, doctor is sweating it's a gross movie but like it's i think that's like the humanity ass i mean it's also like a bit yeah. of a contagion film too mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah, yeah. but like so it's 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 claustrophobic he's got all these wires around him it, it it's it's this uh there's there's the hint of there's not any actual violence yet i mean there is when he starts cutting into his leg but there's like the threat of violence and just I guess his proximity to all this gnarled metal and wires and he's so sweaty and desperate. His face is abstracted. You don't get he, to see his face. Right. Yes. It's a yeah. lot of abstract. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of, imp- it's, it's very impressionistic in a lot of ways, but it's that with all of the images of the Olympic sprinters. And then he's cutting into his leg to shove this bar in there. It's so like the implication of the sequence is he's trying to make himself better, more human than human with technology it's so a six just, million dollar man with like 20 yes, bucks yeah. that's the idea i had in my head the whole <laughs> so i had that idea in my head the whole movie so i never stopped thinking about that um mm. so that's kind of how i was viewing the movie through that lens well and at yeah. the end the longest line of dialogue in the whole movie is right, i feel great dialogue. we can mutate the whole world into metal we can rust the world into the dust of the universe that sounds interesting yes our love can destroy this whole fucking world that's pretty punk yeah it's pretty punk yeah and 
there's kind of uh, we could always do like if he had scenes early on, like if this was a more conventional film, which it's not and it shouldn't be. But like if it did and it wasn't as punk rock, it would have scenes where people's lives are kind of being taken over by computers and telecommunications because that would set up the idea that the world is sick and needs mm -hmm. like and it's going to like in a horror way get there's going to be some kind of justice for that. Now <clears throat> let me put my weeb kimono on and get my <laughs> my katana he always, blade. He always leaves uh, it open. Open kimono. <laughs> my katana. Kimono. Yeah, with my ponytail. Uh the in the 80s, the whole idea uh, behind the economy for Japan, historically, was that they kind of closed off their borders and became, they got rid of, like, they stopped doing agriculture and stuff like that, and they started doing telecommunications, computers, like microchips, and try, and, they, and they went crazy, it went crazy. So there's this kind of um, bit, like assumption or something that feels like it's a priori made by the filmmaker where it's like i don't have to make this statement we're all living in the now we all know what's happened to japan japan has totally transformed its industry overnight or at least you know in the span of 10 years so that movie is obviously a reflection of that doesn't need in a film to be scoped out and like made timeless for viewers who may not understand that is it the job of the filmmaker to feed us all of the useful information for us to understand is the true question i think i would like to get into but i don't no, know i don't Do you think guys so not when it's satire yeah, and, I, and right? I think this is i think this is at least partially satirical because it's drawing on the zeitgeist or the common the commonality of the time um, mm -hmm. So it may be harder to parse the further you get from its release, but I think it's still totally relevant because we're all still glued to phones right. and shit and we're all being replaced by <clears throat> automated AI and, AI and uh, automated cash registers, uh, checkouts rather, things like that. So I think it's... I don't think... I, I, that's, uh, that's, I said what I thought. I don't think so. When it's, when it's yeah. satirical, I think you can... They, they have a responsibility to give you enough information... In, to connect the dots, I think, or at least enough information to connect the dots in in the direction that they want you to, if that makes sense. Because yeah, totally. Because uh, I'm a me. firm believer in it's okay to be ambiguous, um, <clears throat> but mm -hmm. you should at least be able to. I, I don't think you're. I don't think you're. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I, I think it's I, I fully fall on the side of I don't think the filmmaker needs to give you all of the information 100%. Yeah, it's also not an is odd thing. Yeah, I prefer the propaganda, you know, like that sounds derogatory, but like the as I always say, Movie kind with of, a point of view. Yeah, a kind of political opinion uh, in more of a capital P sense of people interacting with each other like. That's what movies are about, and I like to see, because I don't know every human, I like to see the background and kind of prologue so I know what I'm getting into. And that has become, for the majority of movies, the premier way in which we do things. I prefer it that way. I like Coen Brothers, but this also has validity, is I guess my overall opinion. Yeah. So I'm so shocked and awed by just the texture of the film that it never occurred to me to parse it as satire or about anything. 
you know, like I was just enjoying it as a roller coaster ride. And I think we yeah. should talk about how it works as that as well. So, but totally. you, hearing you guys talk makes me realize things like, oh, his blood went on the lady and then the lady became a robot monster. So it's contagious, I guess, with the blood. I didn't even pick that out. It wasn't just his blood that went on the lady. It oh, was his metal no. stuff. He yeah. kills her with his drill dick. Oh, yep. I meant the first lady that oh, he infects who first she chases him and the hands his ass to him. Yeah. On, yeah. on the uh, um, uh, train platform. Yeah, the, so, okay, guys who think this means something, let's drill in, let's drill down on this. <laughs> There's a part where he gets a rotating drill dick and he doesn't, he's upset. He doesn't want to rape the woman with the drill dick, even yeah, though it seems like he tries to separate like himself. Right. Even though it's the movie is like, that is destined to happen. <laughs> We're going to do that. Yeah. And eventually <laughs> it's, it's actually, I mean, it's implied consensual. She chooses to sit down on the drill kind dick of. and yes blood and no. just sprays up the wall behind her. And it's, as gruesome as you can imagine. It's body horror at its finest. What does that mean satirically? I challenge either of you. Well, because they were technology is fucking us. That's the, I mean, that's the specific punishment he's receiving. This is as much of it as I thought because they had sex in front of the guy while he was dying. While they, I know what you did last summer, Tim. So like their punishment is sexual in nature. And he has that, he has that nightmare when he first gets infected and he has that horrible day and he goes to bed and he has a nightmare of his girlfriend becoming a metal dominatrix and and raping him with a vacuum cleaner basically yeah that was that's like she shows filling it him fully with up liquid metal. really impressive yeah. footage um that's so ever seen yeah yeah <laughs> it's showing him being like infected with it by their like sexual i don't want to say depravity but like i mean that's kind of what it is when you're fucking of a, a guy that you just hit with your car that's depraved um, so, and you read I that also, as a dream it is a dream that is a dream but oh, like wow uh, yeah that i interpreted that as a dream it took me a while but i interpret it because like his skin isn't always the same yeah so you can kind of tell what's a dream and what's not a dream uh, until like the final act where it's like fuck it all everything he's everything. just a big and booker monster it's like it kind of goes akira with it you know oh, yeah. he loses his his face his head just becomes a sheet of metal formed into like a cone just completely yeah. he's gone now there is no <laughs> he man. looks directly to camera and goes i am iron man i am iron man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, rocket skates away with this song yeah it's good I want to also point your attention to the, if you buy the industry thing that I was saying earlier about telecommunications and computers Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, early, you know, ways in which we reached out and used kind of um, phones and devices to interact with each other a little bit more at the birth of that. This is kind of someone looking at that. Do you remember what the first scene between the girlfriend and the man was? They're having phone sex. So I think is it that sex. He just says yeah. hello and she says hello and they say hello back and forth and back and forth it's, while he reads the paper. That's phone sex. I've been I think it's phone sex because there's sexy imagery going on and like that's supposed to be what's in his head. Um, yeah. I th- I took it that way. It was very erotic to I me. thought I <laughs> thought that was I interpreted that as a bit of a fugue state. Of his, because they show him just saying, help, repeating hello over and over again as he's reading the newspaper. And then it mushy cuts mushy. to, yeah, mush mush. And then she's saying the same thing. Um, and then it cuts to a different angle of the same scene, presumably 
and the, the the conversation progresses where he says hello again and she's like are you okay so like the yeah. implication there was like he's just been saying hello over and over again and mm-hmm. in his mind she's just been saying the same thing to him but i interpreted in that as right no, like you guys the, could be the, right. the, the disease is taking him over and he's like not realizing that he was stuck in like he's in a delusion right there is how i right. interpreted it i think you guys can be right i could be wrong or reaching on that I just have this chip on my shoulder where I want to look at every experimental film and I can't help myself but go like secretly deep down you're the propaganda too. You're nasty it's little freak. Propaganda, yeah. you freaks. Well, I mean like I you're said saying I, I stuff, you, my, you idiot. <laughs> my interpretation of the movie was like as basic as it gets, like technology bad. <laughs> like, yeah, so, that's I mean, also It is I mean you're still right. If if I'm right then you're right, Abe. <laughs> that's i mean that's well well said because at the end of the day you said i'm right which i love uh but yeah it can just be a body horror because there's cool shit like the little tendrils that come out of his fingers you know like it's at one point so there's a gnarly. stop motion sequence it's high is, effort the effects in it oh, are yeah. very good high for effort. the low oh, yeah. budget and the, the, there's a part the, his skull gets like loses its skin his skull oh, that's the gets stripped away that's the coolest and that's unbuilt coolest and crumbled and then replaced with metal parts yeah that's a great that shit when i was watching that i was like that is it's a like banger. it's like a time lapse video of decay if you've ever watched yeah. one exactly it's exactly it's what so it looks like oh yeah the dead fox we've all seen it the dead instead of decay there's there's a famous one of a rotting bowl of fruit too yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if you don't want to watch a fox decompose, <laughs> um, but it, like it looks exact. They must have studied it because it looks exactly like that, and it's perfectly done. There's so there's so much so like good. artistry and talent in this movie. Yeah, really using all aspects of that you know eight millimeter camera that they got, which just goes to show. Yeah, you shoot on an iPhone if you need to. Well, the, the know, black and white works in their favor here because it. For one, it obscures all the details, which works for production-wise because it lets them cheat a little bit with the effects. Yeah. Um, but it also works thematically and narrative-wise because it's this grotesque body horror movie about the blurring of lines of humanity, and uh, it it works in its favor that it's 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 black and white. It helps the industrial theme, right. and, and yeah, right. I'll, Blood yeah. looks like oil. Also, the filmmakers it's indistinguishable from it exactly. The filmmakers have said that it was black and white intentionally to make it just one notch less disturbing. Saying, "quote They wanted audiences to at least finish the film." I love (laughs) knowing that you're making something so gross that you decide to tone it down. I mean, I'm sure it was a budget consideration as well, but it's just a power move, especially considering (laughs) this was based on a play that one guy wrote, directed, and performed in college. Can you imagine being the live audience at Tetsuo the Iron Man, the play? And it's just a college <laughs> student, right? It's not like an established playwright. It's just some college kid, and you go to his show, and it's fucking this. That would be incredible. How do you do this as a play? I need to you know. You in the audience. You call the yeah. police. Martin <laughs> Scorsese. <laughs> And He's he, always yeah, in the audience. Killers of the Flower Moon is a beat by beat ripoff of this. <laughs> no, the man loves the man loves. There's a guy. There's a guy. Film. Leonardo DiCaprio has a carburetor for a face in X3. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! 
See, I yeah. swore I could have sworn that the car imparted metal oh, parts car, onto him. I think you're right. They do it did. You're absolutely shots right. of the car. Okay. You're absolutely right. Like the grill becomes part of the womb that yeah. Metal Maniac is trapped in because that's what hit him in the face, presumably. Um, and then our main character Tetsuo starts growing parts of the car, and I assume that's part of his like Sisyphean punishment. Punishment. Yeah, I wrote he's being demonically punished. Yes. Yeah. Because this metal maniac we haven't mentioned apparently can also control metal like Magneto. Oh, yeah. He yeah. starts crushing metal <laughs> yeah, pots sure and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's While Magneto, zooming around on his rocket feet. What did you make of the moment that he's zooming around holding a bouquet of flowers as if he's going to run up to the guy and give him a really nice bouquet of flowers? Okay. I think it's because he wants to say I love you. Here's how I interpreted that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's his consciousness speeding away from his body where they left it into the girlfriend who has been infected with the metal blood now because she got mm-hmm. drill dicked. Um, and so if like you recall, she stands up out of the bathtub to attack him as a zombie and then whips yeah. out that bouquet of flowers and then metal maniac oh. erupts from her stomach with the same bouquet of flowers. So, so I think the bouquet of flowers is a fuck you. Gotcha. Yeah. And they're somewhat of an amalgam now. Yeah, now they're, they're and that's that's why he 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 looks different than he did in the beginning. At least we presume he does because he does his hair. Seems to have done his hair and makeup. He and puts makeup, makeup on, yeah. like you said. We never actually see his face. It's more impressionistic before. That's right. He puts on lipstick. So, so he's like clear he's like a combination of the girlfriend and metal maniac now, yeah. and that sort of leads into him saying at the end, "Our love will destroy the entire fucking world." <laughs> yeah, we're gonna merge, <laughs> no. and then that's that, how I interpreted uh, that. That came suddenly, though. Uh, even though they did the flower work, it was kind of the most unhinged thing in the movie, where it just said, "And now they're in love and there's songs." I think <laughs> they. Like, really- oh yeah, there's suddenly like cheery, jazzy music, as if yeah. to say, "This is a romance beat. Don't forget about that." I think when they like <laughs> tangle together and there's this light explosion and they all writhe around for a while. I it's think almost that's funny like as a hell. dance number in the middle of this thing. No. <laughs> right, it's right, that right. the same music plays before when he gets hit by the car. Mm-hmm. So it's their lives. It's their lives colliding slash combining. So it's yeah, almost like it's all intentional. Ha yeah. And it, it shows the same. Um, there's a, a, a f- shot of a. I guess you'd call it tracking. I'm not tracking, but the camera. It's the same. Sh- it's a continuous shot of where it just. It's filming. The words "New World" written in metal across a piece of chain link fence. Yes, yeah. and it just it, the camera just pans across each letter, and it plays the same footage at that point as well. Well, so I th- I think it's just their them colliding. Yeah, if it is satire, then the metal piece that says "New World" is too on the nose. <laughs> like if that is <laughs> if that is what this movie means, I think you biffed it there. Well, when, they, when they show the future landscape, and it just looks like a junkyard. Like yeah. I, it's a bit of annihilation, like Abe said, where you you can presume that all of the thin, like rebar structures with big bulbous tops are human beings. Then it becomes mm-hmm. pretty freaky and and horrible. Mm. Um, but it's also oh, kind of silly because it just looks like a little like a little erector set. Yeah, <laughs> so, so you're supposed to imagine that's all the people who. It's have all turned. the people. Yeah, they've all turned it into metal. Yeah. Meanwhile, our heroes have formed a two-headed monster with an Uzi. With a tank, he has a. Mm, I'm so glad you brought up the Uzi. I could not stop laughing at the Uzi. The fact that he has an Uzi. (laughs) After all of this, with the chasing each other and the body horror and the turning the metal inside out and the dick drills, he's just going to shoot some guys now with a normal gun. gun. He picked up a gun. They are are a two-person 
like 10 foot tall flesh tank at this point they're a literal <laughs> tank rolling through the neighborhood it's a master blaster it's shit it's the equivalent of having like and he's a got a newsie <laughs> he just has a newsie <laughs> just, it's like, just I don't think you safe. need it <laughs> yeah I think you can basically take over Japan today. without the Uzi <laughs> bit of overkill <laughs> can I just I also say love that, oh go ahead I love that he gets high or something or it's or again a lot of eroticism in this film um, but he sticks himself in the electrical socket several times like Bender from Futurama yeah he does it first to try to kill himself to stop him from drill dicking his <laughs> and girlfriend he and then, then he, he just out. is doing it over and over and over and over again when he just becomes the metal man yeah which I guess is just giving into it right giving yeah it's up. loss of his humanity I think that's yeah 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 but he does, while he's a human, try to kill himself several times. I think the most humanistic part is when he's hidden in the closet going, no, I don't want to have sex with the dick drill. Please don't make me. Don't make me. And there's, and yet later there's a shot where I swear to God he's trying to self-suck that drill. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. If I had one of those. <laughs> you, why not? Just a little drill dick going in every direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's... I, I, yep. Yeah. No, you. I uh, there's something kind of quaint and funny to me about seeing this in the aftermath of, I guess, the world having been converted with their love, and we're all machines now, because um, that's the reality now, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, somewhat. And uh, they kind of there's a conflation of um, in this movie of like technology. And also just like metal stuff. <laughs> like at oh, one point right. there's just some foreplay wire. that with a fork, right? It's just like, oh, it's a, f- a fork also. A fork is also a part it of the It is metal. Hey, it's metal. We got you there. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say one of the most disturbing parts to me, not disturbing, but literally like, ah, I hate that, was when he makes eggs and scratches the pan with the fork really hard and it just makes yeah. that metal sound of fork scratching pan. <clears throat> Uh, and they do a lot of stuff. Actually has pretty incredible sound design, I would say. Mm-hmm. He feeds her by hand, and as she chews, it makes laser sounds <laughs> with every bite. Um, and then he feeds her a sausage, and she pretends to like have oral sex on it, which also makes metal scraping sounds for no reason. For no reason. Right, and he I, hates it. Yeah, it's, and he hates it. Yeah. I love the sort of... It's, it's what you got to do if you're going for dark surrealism, right? Is replace certain components be it sound or visual with something that shouldn't be that way or shouldn't be there <laughs> hopefully something unpleasant and this movie is a master of that well, yeah if well, that's the little... kind of ride you're in for this is that and in this scene it's literally just well he's turning into a robot so let's replace it with metal noises robot noises yeah. it's, it's a right. it's yeah, a laser it's... when she's Even chewing they're eating eggs and sausage <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also just love the impulse of the filmmakers to be like, as soon as that uh, drill dick becomes a, a thing, which is, you know, it becomes everything once it gets revealed, <laughs> yeah. uh, she's immediately unfazed and is like, I can fix him. <laughs> yeah, I can it's work this so out. so funny to me. I can save him. Uh, that's kind of like, they're almost saying that that's like, is that a testament to their love? Is that a test? Is that a statement about submission? Like it's tough to see. I also have thoughts about: is it uh, is it kind of anti-West in some of its messages? For example, we mentioned the New World thing. Why is it in English? 
Um, mm-hmm. Why are why is it forks? You know, like I don't know. There's just a lot of little hints at maybe it's not like they Japanese culture has kind of been erased um, and kind of replaced with a more global culture, I guess, mm-hmm. which is in uh, that's kind of on the same brain wavelength of you know like the xenophobic economic habits of uh, Japan at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm no, just I think, stuck yeah. on the drill deck. It, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the whole movie's about, about that nightmarish assimilation. So, yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe, or not, or not. Maybe it's just about a guy who loves machines and he's uh, a kid. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's another way that you do the utterly disturbing or discordant is they fuck with the characters' motivations at certain points where their reactions objectively don't make sense like i'm thinking of an eraser head where he has an awkward dinner with his girlfriend's parents and the parents are laughing and crying and you don't understand why they're doing each right um and in this there's like the thing where she seems to kill him in the dream and she's upset that he's dying she's crying but then she also like licks his nose and eyes like she's into it too right Um, so they really use all parts of the animal in terms of using things that contrast starkly to make you feel uncomfortable and make you feel weird. Well, that, and uh, that is uh, very effective here. Yeah, I was going to say that actually prefaces what she does, right? Because like she, mm-hmm. her initial reaction is like, I can handle anything. And then he right. full on beast modes attacks her and she fights him for a long time, stabs yeah. him in the neck, kicks him in the face and stuff. And then she is finally um, submits to it and starts kissing him and they have sex and it kills her. Yeah. Right. Which is what it's kind of what happens in the dream. Yeah, that's true. It's like just a metaphor for, or that's just a simple kind of replacement of it. I like that at one point she stabs him right in the right spot to make the dick drill stop. Like his little (laughs) reset button. She stabs him in the stomach and it winds down. Then of course, then he howls and laughs and it comes back. But yeah, yeah, she tries to stab uh, him again, and he's too metal now. He just can't be stabbed. What that yeah, drill do? That's I like that as he became more metal, uh, he became more impossible to kill. You know, like yeah. that's true about metal. Uh, yeah. What else is true about metal? Hmm. <clears throat> so I'm revealing my ignorance at this late point in the podcast. He did the hit and run. Yes. Who suffered? Who suffered the hit and run? The metal maniac. The 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 metal womb guy. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Incidental metal maniac runs out into the street and gets hit by incidental sex maniacs. Mm -hmm. And then their maniacal worlds collide. (laughs) And they get Cronenberg's crash. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. It's crash what you did last summer. Just the fabrication (laughs) is awesome to think about. Um, I also love at the end of the movie, I don't know if you stayed long enough, but because wasn't that, it's right before credits start It's like rolling. an hour long movie. It's about an hour it's, 14 it's not minutes. not that long a movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, instead of the end, it says game over. <laughs> oh, I did not notice that. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. this is a game? Some I also fun, noticed man. as he becomes more metal, there's a shot of him in his apartment and his cats are metal now. Yeah, his cat gets consumed by like tin cans and fish heads. Cat becomes one of the things, yeah. 
yeah, it really is like the shimmer from Annihilation. It really you know, is. It's just yeah. this, uh, you know, mutating kind of uh, physical, uh, you know, contagion, you know, that just I, like sort breaks of down everything and towards itself. Towards the end, you know, where when he kills his girlfriend um, and she's zombies out and then he's like a flesh hulk fighting metal mania. Like it, I started to think yeah. of it as a Frankenstein kind of bit. variation. Yeah, I started thinking of it as a kaiju thing and if that was what by he little meant monsters. at the beginning by regular, yeah, regular size, size monsters. Monster yeah. yeah. Are these like kaiju but regular yeah. size and they are in a way. That's yeah. that's how I interpreted that actually. I, I was like, oh, okay, this is like them telling us, okay, this is like Godzilla but smaller. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Which is interesting because that almost roots it in a sensible piece of pop culture that I know and that made it less creepy to me like once it becomes a superhero battle or a kaiju battle at the end i it was immediately the part of my brain that was in fear and dread the whole movie let go because i know what a superhero kaiju battle looks like and it basically did play out like that like that yeah, was the of, end yeah. of the weird surreal yeah. fucked up Very stuff curious. he literally had metal powers and they punch each other and then they meld into mm -hmm. each other yeah that's one thing that I was kind of, I kind of was disappointed in, like, because I really like the setup I'll of regular-sized yeah. monster series, like, Same. the concept that it's like, yeah, no, they don't all have to be big. But in the end, that's what he did. He just made them bigger. It's not a kaiju in terms of scale, but, like... More or less, narratively, it's the yeah. same story. I think it was more of... The monster is the idea, right? Or the infection. And the, so the, the, the threat is how it spreads. Yeah. The threat is the yeah. spread, Abe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I see that. Because at the very end, they super speed all around the town like a Burning Man art car. And we see them turning stuff into metal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. As they yeah, just and all metal like melting and fusing. And yeah, yeah. Pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> like as, but I think it's funny that you can aim the same gripe that I aim at Marvel movies at this, mm -hmm. which is, did it have to end with a big superhero fight where they just punt, beat each other? Everything ends that way. Yeah, it was. That is, I love that. I guess this gets credit for being back in the yeah, day. Yeah, and, and the effects still. are cool. 1989. But, uh, I mean, that's the point yeah. of Marvel movies, Michael. Yeah. Is Tetsuo the Iron Man? No, no, that's well, what they're going for. They big failed. superhero fight at the end. That's what everyone's waiting for. That's everyone. Everyone's cashing in. Everyone wants that little piece. Yeah, I guess so. Right? I mean, what do we? Well, or am I wrong? There have been very particular Marvel movies where that shouldn't have been how it ended. Like uh, Scarlet Witch, the show. One mm -hmm. Wandavision. Anyway. I digress. <laughs> Tetsuo the Iron Man. But I do think that's interesting is how many things it reminded me of. Like it also has flavor from like La Jete. <laughs> nice. uh, you could compare it to Mad God. Yeah. And uh, like I said, Eraserhead wise, it even has the key shot from Eraserhead oh, that yeah. is the cover of Eraserhead, which is the guy's face lit really provocatively with particles in the black behind him, just white particles. Right. It looked exactly like that shot from Eraserhead. And uh, I say this all as a compliment. I think this movie obviously has vision and it's a compelling vision because of how many things it reminds me of that are also compelling. And no budget. And no budget. Uh, right. I kind of wanted to talk about that because I think that's well said. I think that that's like 
appropriately reflects my opinion of the film too. It's a seminal work in many ways. And since it's only 60 (laughs) minutes, I feel like anyone can go track it down. It's really easy. I actually, you can, you can buy it on any, anywhere you buy videos, but I actually found on the internet archive, it has a, uh, there's a version of it. Oh, nice. It's on Um, Shutter. It's, it's it's pretty available. It's pretty available. It's on Apple. Yeah. 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 If you pay the rental fee, do what you want to do. I'm not saying you should go pirate things, but it is available on the internet. But if we convince someone who hasn't seen this to watch this, I think we will have done a good deed for them. I think so. It's like, yeah. I will say it's not an easy watch. It's 60 minutes, but it felt (laughs) twice as long. You kind of have to be like... Much like a dick drill. Do you like... (laughs) Are you cool with experimental film and does like the fly delight you if you're in that venn diagram between the two of those things you'll be a-okay with this movie um i didn't want to especially if you liked the deleted scene from the fly mm. where he vomits on an old woman's face and melts it and then slurps, slurps it, up, it up which they they just decided was too, too much, much for the movie yeah <laughs> that, that was the line apparently cronenberg uh so slurping a face <laughs> off. i kind of want to talk about the uh, the production a little bit because Please. we are talking about how it's kind of uh, you know what a dream let you <laughs> to make movies in this way uh, where you're kind of just amateur and then you like, get Fuck it. critical success people talk about your movie your movie gets seen and in 2024 it's still relevant <laughs> you know like it's considered a cult that's classic that's pretty yeah. cool right uh, not all movies that do well or you know have that story are made uh you know in the way that it's a loving experience for the cast and crew by the end of it and it's kind of flashes of like a completely different like uh, hollywood version of this it's kind of like Waterworld. people hated the production most of the crew by the end left they just straight out said nope not gonna work on this show yeah you just I mean, the actor who plays the womb guy must have been such a trooper. He's he, like oh, submerged sucks. in milky he water down. with wires oh, also, not only, every time. Also, I want to say something. If if you um, are an animal lover, the cat was clearly distressed. They don't, yeah, they don't have oh, Peter rules in Japan, that, yeah. so they will yeah, just glue right. horrible shit to a cat, and that's what <laughs> right, they do in right. this movie. Which, once again, thanks, Theo, for the animal uh, injuries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the last one had a kangaroo's throat getting yeah. slit. Thanks, Theo. Thanks, Theo. Uh, you truly the, are. The, the, inf- the infamy of, of Milo and Otis. Right. So all these people are leaving the film because I think stressful work conditions and, you know, probably they weren't very nice. You know, that's usually enough. I I can't speak to it. I didn't find any in my research. But by the end of it, uh, you know, the filmmaker and the lead act, the lead actor, the guy who plays the salary man, were doing most of it. They were filming each other. In fact, he gets a, a cinematographer credit. So, like, wow. at a certain point, it was just the actors doing all the work. And you can kind of tell on some of the shots that it's like there's picturesque lighting, and then suddenly the movie is just like really struggling. Uh, but more or less, did really good job. Uh, you know, but it's just funny to think about how films used to be made in many that way. Many of the shots, many of the shots are just straight up compelling, especially yeah. because of the light. Uh, that hallway yeah. shot at the near the end of um, you know the train chase or the train mm-hmm. platform chase uh i love the shot where it's he hides in the bathroom and it looks down on him and he's there's a grate so it's almost like you feel like 
everything in the world is metal surrounding him and he's getting absorbed. I also liked for that chase, it was a sequence of intercut, jump cut shots facing the ceiling. Yeah. Which now you might see if someone's like being rushed into the operating room, right, on the right. gurney. Um, but it's not really POV. It's not implied that that's his vision. It's just how we're choosing to show this space. It's frenetic. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of shot decisions that are really compelling or random. Like there's some where I go, I don't know if that was compelling or just a random decision. And I think that's what we mean when we say punk rock, the willingness to try stuff. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter if it all works because fuck you. Yeah, a little bit of that. A little bit of fuck you. There's Um, there's a little bit of fuck you throughout this movie. Yeah, for watching this. Yeah. So I just wanted to point out that, you know, like the... Sometimes you make a film and your crew leaves, you know, uh, yep, that's how yep. it was made. And then you have to live early in early days bed. of agents of cracked. We would sh- call cut. And then me and the other actors would pick up all the lights and move them where they needed to be. Right. Next. Cause I couldn't like have a crew. And then we season two, we got a crew and that was like pretty baller. You know, that was pretty yeah. sick. Uh, but that's, that's the kind of, you know, when you're really bare bones in it, you're running and gunning, which they were, I'm surprised they got so many amazing locations. For a small indie, they got huge industry areas that like there was no people yeah. around. With no people so, or cars in the back. I don't know how they yeah. achieve that, if that's just how it exists now. Um, if there's a story behind the locations they used. Um, I mean, most of it happens in a house, which is a smart decision, but like also they're running down with stop motion down the street, which I think is really smart because uh, the streets probably had people all the time crossing and stuff. But if you shoot at stop motion, you can just wait for the moment that there aren't there. And then you take a photo. And then when you seam it all together, people are gone. So it's like, what a smart decision to probably answer a production issue. Um, and it is kind of one of the charms of the movie, those sequences. A documentary you know, the about the boots. making of this movie would be fascinating. For yeah. these reasons, yeah, seeing how made. they solve problems and what the problems were would be really interesting to me. Yeah, and I don't know, honestly, I just don't know how they did the wire time lapse. If they, I think they just straight up animated it like style, like in terms of probably, or that, like, I assume they probably coded pipe cleaners in in wire coding and just did it frame by frame, frame by frame, just yeah, painstakingly the wire. Yeah. It was just insane. Yeah, that's that's sucks. an insane <laughs> thing to do. That sucks, but it gives you the sense that it's alive. It's it's very cool, very very cool. Yeah, and the, oh, the, the, I, the stop I, motion I, yeah. on the streets also it, it it gives a little bit of an anime tinge to it with like the rocket ankles, so you get a sense of how fast they're moving too, without yeah. having to spend any money on effects really. Yeah. Oh, I was wrong earlier. The short that was made that became this was shot in eight millimeter. This was shot in 16 millimeter, of course. Oh, so there's an, there's an even shorter version. Interesting. There is, uh, the phantom of regular size. (laughs) (laughs) Regular. I love just regular size. Regular size phantom. Regular size Rudy. (laughs) I'm regular size. Yeah. You said, Uh, Oh, you said womb guy doubled down. Was there a specific story behind that? Or do you just mean, I mean, just that he he was operating camera at one point. Oh, right. Okay. His reverses because there's literally no one else on set. Uh, He's actually not in a lot of most of the movie. 
<laughs> yeah, like you can. He's alone. Is the point? Well, like, and his legs are really strong alone. with metal, so he was That's probably true. good yeah, at tripoding. Yeah, <laughs> human tripod. Uh, during um, post production, another thing is we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. We talked about uh, the industrial techno music or whatever, mm-hmm. like the industrial pots and pans being banged around. That's pretty sick. Uh, so when he was cutting. Uh, uh, Sukamoto, who's the filmmaker, was editing it, and I read on just this is just Wikipedia uh, <laughs> trivia. He found himself emotionally and physically exhausted uh, because he kept hearing the loud banging noises from the sound effects over and over again for months. And I, it's just one of those things that like no one ever thinks about the editor. If you ever find like a really like oh that's a tough thing to watch in a yeah. movie, you watched it once. <laughs> Imagine the editor. Right. They're they're they are broken now. They have been broken. <laughs> You know, like the editor for like Come and See or Solo or some right, shit. Right, Antichrist. You know? Yeah, exactly. Speak No Evil. So. Have you guys seen Speak yeah. No Evil? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, no, I haven't. Fucked. Would it be a bitch to edit? Is that what you're saying? There would be some scenes that you would be bummed about having to watch <laughs> yeah, a bunch yeah, of times. Sure. <laughs> I mean, not to get too grim, I guess I will get grim, but I, I always think of like those Holocaust documentaries. Mm-hmm. That are oh, good sure. documentaries, but imagine editing it from all imagine, the source yeah. footage. Ooh. Imagine putting together all however many hours of show up. Yeah. Yeah. How do you Damn. go home with that? You have to have like kind of a uh, uh, constitution that's off the charts, right? Because <laughs> you got to go back to work and you take a day off, but it's like it's still in my brain, man. Because I don't know. Yeah, if you you've ever had, ex- uh, I know Michael has, but if you've mm-hmm. had a lot of time editing. Like it, there, it's just series and series of earworms and eye worms in terms of like that's not getting out of my head anymore because yeah. I kept pr- pressing play on that one section. Now it's a gif in my mind, right? It's a right. loop and it's endless and it will never go away from my brain. And so, even if you want to get away from it, it's still kind of inside you. And that's it's it's. I don't know. Being an editor, it's something that people don't talk about for like, especially horror films and such. Oh, he did Dead or Alive 2 and he did Shin Kamen Rider, Kamen Rider, however you say that. And he did Tetsuo oh. the Bullet Man and he did Tetsuo 2 Body, Body Hammer. Hammer. I, I was I wrong. Was, I, apparently there's a sequel to this shit. Yeah, that is amazing to me how much he's done. I okay, I'm going to go through this I guy's need, filmography. Uh, yeah, let me revise that. I need to know how this guy interprets the phrase the body hammer. Right. <laughs> yes. We well, used to it's call not it a drill this time. We used to call Abe the body hammer. That's a true story. His, That's his true. body is a hammer. So you used to say that all I'm the looking time. looking for more insight into that whole situation. I like Tetsuo <laughs> the Bullet Man. I feel like I can already imagine, right? I can write, that one writes itself. Fire I me, mean, boy. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's just something the body does. When you <laughs> something the body does when it's shaken. <laughs> uh, nothing uh, rises up the tone like, yeah, bullet. <laughs> bullet man. <laughs> Uh, I think I think we can probably end it there. I mean, it's at this point the it's about Almost as long as, as long as the film. The yeah, yeah. It's uh, a shorter movie, so my, I ran out of notes a little early. But I hope Theo is satisfied. I hope you're satisfied, Theo, and thank you for your patronage. Be like Theo. Go to the 
do the thing. Yeah. Um, and head over. I'm going to say this sometimes from now on. Head over to our shop tab on the Patreon page. Oh, yeah. The shop tab. Right now, the only thing available is my novel, although that's pretty cool. But very soon, there's going to be a comic book there and a rap album there. So that's all over at patreon.com slash smallbeans slash shop. Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Do it. Let's let's get it. Buy, Thomas, buy those beans with your beans. Use your it, beans to buy some beans. It's your turn to move units and get beans, Thomas. Where oh, can man. people throw oh, beans at you? If you have any more leftover beans, um, you can throw beans at Gamefully Unemployed. Head over to uh, patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. It's the podcast network and streaming network I run with David Bell. Uh, we have all kinds of cool original podcasts um uh, and some exclusive stuff too uh so uh, we do movie nights and 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 uh patreon patron ex- uh, produced podcast series uh, a whole that's bunch right. of stuff so so check that out we we do a whole lot of stuff that you should you should that's peek right. into we're you've we announced like, Baticle, which is like we an have podcast yes. project so, i'm excited for I that i hope you don't cut us from it cuz that was fun. Oh, yeah, we're absolutely we not kidding no 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 <laughs> cuz yeah, our I'm love will ruin this whole fucking world is really what we're trying to get across. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, our rust will turn it to dust. <laughs> yeah, the that's dust the goal. The that's the goal. Oh, and you mentioned um, one thing I do want to be more active about. You mentioned you do movie nights, and those are Friday nights, and they're that's a lot true. of fun. We do, Small Beans does Monday nights, so we kind of like tag team your week, you know? Yeah. Um, we kind of. Yeah, we're double teaming your week from both ends. We spit roast your week. Uh, that's right. <laughs> And uh, yeah, come come on by the Discord for uh, Small Beans. You can find it on our Patreon page, or you can email us at all the small beans, and we'll hit you up with a link or whatever. And then you can uh, come every Monday night at six p.m. Come Pacific every Standard Monday time. night. Yeah, uh, you can guarantee. Fucking watch me and Michael live watch movies that we curate. It's pretty fun. Or There's a good group of people there. An episode of Legend of Korra, as we watched last Monday. <laughs> <laughs> two episodes. Who knows what you'll get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a get... two-parter. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's it. I think we're I good. Think... Yeah. We love you.